ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody. This is episode 46 of the Chris and Andre Show. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah, that just happened. I'm Andre. <laughs> and I'm Chris, a.k.a. the human air horn. <laughs> you know who did that really, like, baller? Oh, was Peter. Peter. I miss yeah. Peter sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. Not all the time. Yeah, I'm going to have to get some Docker posters from my office. <laughs> <laughs> so I can... You know what? Like- Send them out to Seattle first so that he can draw some some flames on the whales. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, man, he used to like totally troll me all the time. It would, it would drive me crazy. Peter was a classic in-office troll. Um, and, yeah. and sometimes like in a, I think mostly a loving sense, not, not, I mean, he liked to be annoying, but. Um, I tell you what, the kid was smart as hell though. Oh, he is smart as hell. He's not dead. But, yeah. Um, Sports. He's not dead like my football season. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think you even have to bury that one six feet deep because it's not coming back at this point. I mean, are you guys going to get any of your quarterbacks back in the near yeah. future? I guess, I mean, I guess Wednesday. they just need a negative COVID test, right? Yeah, so Wednesday lock is going to start. Um, I, I still think that, you know, Hinton, like, honestly, like when I hit you up, I went to the grocery to get some, you know, stuff for breakfast. And I was like, that was my morning. Like the uh, the clerk was like, so um, you have a quarterback? I said, yeah, I'm actually getting breakfast so I can fly out right now. <laughs> so my brother-in-law hit me. One of my brother-in-laws was like, dude, your team is garbage. I said, yeah, I've got a flight tomorrow morning, seven o'clock. I'll be- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, did I break the news to you? No, the whole world did. Dude. Okay. you, like, you knew, I, I was just curious because I saw it and I was like, holy crap, I got to send this to Andre. And then your response led me to believe that it was at least possible that, you know, you, that I had just that you hadn't seen it somehow beforehand. And then we're just like, but yeah, um, I mean, I just, I have a lot of questions. Um, okay. First, before we get into my questions, you're absolutely right that I think Kendall Hinton, a former quarterback at Wake Forest who converted to wide receiver, um, much like NC State's Jacoby Brissett, or not Jacoby Brissett, but Jacoby Myers. I know you. <laughs> you didn't wait. You just like literally went right there. Yeah, I just dove. Right. I didn't even get to the end of it. I just. Well, I will tell you. I like how they put him in the uh, short yardage package. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that feels because I think the guy's got a lot of talent. So. Um, <sighs> I, I mean, I yeah. Well, like, what do you what do you expect for a guy that literally less than twenty four hours beforehand, you know, knew d- didn't know that or knew that he was going to be starting, you know, as an NFL QB? Um, and I, I get, you know, that they I weren't a lot more. <laughs> okay, <laughs> from an undrafted free agent off the practice squad. Well, so I watched it. Well, of course, because the NFL and their. Um, their broadcasting rights suck. I watched a few of the highlights. There are a few shots where like, if he played QB in college, you've got to let, you've got to calm the nerves. And he took 
the deep pass way too many times. There were a lot of, you know, short slants where he could have hit. Uh, there were some good routes where he just didn't pay attention. I, I think he just wasn't, in, in my opinion, calm enough for the game. Well, and but that's what I'm saying is that I just think. Dude, I was going to go out there and play myself. I could have done it. Bullshit. You, <laughs> like, you would have looked any. No, not even. Like, you would. Yeah, I would have been. first snap. I would have been like, I'm good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you would you would have trotted out there, looked up at every other person on the field and gone, you know, I might be in the wrong situation here. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> no offense. I love yeah. you. But you're you're not stepping on the field and playing quarterback. Like not this a, is what, not a, I'm forty four. Exactly. <laughs> like, That's what I'm whole, saying. There's a whole lot that goes that goes wrong with that scenario. It's like I'm watching Brady get like just ragdolled on the on the field. I'm like, yeah, that can't be me, bro. No, I mean, he's one year younger than me, or we're the same age, or it's it's pretty close. Yeah, good. No, I'm good. But I I would have gone in. I would have like coach. I in. know you would have because it's your team. But I'm just saying that like ultimately, I the guy was put in a no win situation and shockingly did not win. Um. So well, I will say this. I I will echo some of the praise. It's and so I I don't know where I saw this at, but they were like, for all the guys sitting on the couch, yes, complaining about the game, you need to shut up. Yes, you know, if nothing and, else, I hopefully, but I mean, not that they care, and they're well, sitting there saying that. I mean, literally, I'm talking to one of them right now who was just <laughs> sitting here saying, I could have gone in and thrown a better play. I was ready to go but suit you, up. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, yeah, that's a bad way to go out. You know, they literally went from like four to zero to like, oh, crap, practice squad. Well, and that's what I'm trying to. That's where I was going to go next is who was in charge of that plan? I have no idea who puts all three of your potential starting quarterbacks or just quarterbacks, all three of your quarterbacks in the same area in the midst of all of this where, you know, and I, a bunch of people were giving them crap because they were, the initial reports were that they were not socially distanced and they weren't wearing masks, but then it came out that they were socially distanced and you know, that the, the, the Broncos basically self-reported and, so, like, I give them credit for that. I don't really get, you know, I guess they took off masks to eat, is what they said. Yeah. Dude, the season, I want to. Can you not go eat somewhere else? I, I know, right? There's a doctor who also played in the NFL. He lives, he's in Boston, or Massachusetts. And um, also a left tackle for the Giants were on the news this morning. They made some very good points. And one thing I didn't really like about that interview was they called the game product, right? Is this a good product? And I don't think I really, I don't like it. Number one, because we're talking about human or we're de- in my opinion, we're devaluing human beings. Right. Yes. And then secondly, um, the product are the intent are the like inanimate things like hats and jerseys and things like that. Um, and they were, you know, one the guy that plays for the Giants, he opted out for the se- season. And I, you know, I can respect that. And, you know, their their biggest concern from the people he talks to are his family and his loved ones. Because, you you know, he was right. You travel across the country 
getting exposed to um, this virus potentially, and we don't know what could happen. Um, and that's what kind of makes me think, you know, not for the fact that, well, part like 10%, because my team is suffering also, they're like one of the you know, headliners of the suffering in, of the season. It's just at what cost do we have a season, you know? Um, I, I just think that's kind of off, you know, I, I can't justify it in my head. I can't, you know, and I love football. Like I, I literally love football. I love to watch the game. I, you know, I reminisce <laughs> for, you know, those, those moments of, you know, the, I guess the limelight, but uh, I didn't have the limelight, but just that experience, but it's like, yeah, what costs, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, even going back to like last week, I think we touched on it very briefly at the end of the episode since we didn't really get to talk sports, but <clears throat> you know, Joe Burrow, the yeah. number one draft pick and rookie QB who was playing really well for Cincinnati gets his knee completely destroyed in a game that ultimately didn't mean anything for Cincinnati. Like they were better off not playing him because right. if they had played Ryan Finley or somebody else all season and let him sit, then they're going to end up with a better draft pick that they can surround him with more talent or shop for additional capital. Um, and that's, it made me kind of wonder like who was in charge of that idea when it came to let's build the franchise by drafting the most valuable piece first without anything around him to actually protect him from getting hurt because the Bengals have a garbage offensive line. Like they traded away any of the good pieces that they had over the years because they were sinking, you know, tanking to try and get a number one pick. And then you go get your number one pick. Like that's what I just don't understand. This is what teams seem to do over and over and over again except in the rare case of like a Indianapolis right where when Peyton Manning got injured they already had a good team but they had a crappy season and so that one crappy season allowed them to get a high draft pick and get you know Andrew Luck but and I know not every team is necessarily going to be positioned like that but it just you know you look at all of the like the the Bengals the Browns some of these teams that have been trying to rebuild for years and the, the Lions right like how do you get out of your own way? I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, like you build from the inside out, but it just in terms of when you draft guys, what are, what are your thoughts on that? So I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic about like the potential and the strategy. Um, but I think that teams, especially the front office, they get anxious with um, just revenue, right? So if I know it's going to take me three to five to rebuild my team, that means that, in year one and two, I'm having sketchy, like, um, like sketchy results for the year. Like maybe I, I don't finish as strong, but in years three and four, I'm going to the playoffs and the year five, I make a better like stretch for potentially a Super Bowl. Um, and I always look at it that way because it takes a lot of the right pieces. And, you know, we, we do talk a lot about built from the inside out, but it's also those, those relationships on the field, you know, like we're struggling to see a good fit for quarterbacks. We're, we're seeing less and less talent. We're seeing the running quarterback, the mobile quarterback becoming the trend probably for another two years. And so most of those guys get hurt, including this year. Um, and I think that you have to kind of step back a little bit and realize that the game is it's off kilter. It's not very balanced anymore. You either have, you have one or one of two extremes. You either have a dangerous running game, right? Or you have the guys with the bomb arms where they're just they're stretching your defense out so much. 
Well, that's only going to get you so far as the talent pool for quarterback starts to shrink, as your O-line starts to age out. Um, you can't depend on, on tight ends as much. You can't, you know, you know, push a, a running back into a tailback position to force runs. Like you have Frank Gore still running the ball, you know, come on. Like, no, I'm, I'm, although I'm grateful he's doing it, but how long can you ride that horse? You yeah. Know? Uh, you have Melvin Gordon still running the ball. Come on. I mean, Melvin Gordon's not that old. He's not but Frank he's, Gore. He's, but he's getting banged. I mean, that the thing is. I mean, like uh, he, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I mean, you look like Marshawn Lynch, right? Like that right. dude realized, like, I don't want to keep getting hit. I don't need to. I won my Super Bowl. I'm good. Like, <laughs> right. So I'm going to go back to L.A. and play for the last season <laughs> there or Oakland. And, you know, now I'm just going to collect my Skittles money. Yeah. But you see my point, though? It's just like and it, you can't you can't be so anxious for like a Super Bowl or to push your standings up at the sake of not rebuilding your team. That's, that's my, that's how I look at it. And I'm, I'm watching, you know, even Daniel Jones at the Giants, same thing. They're going to get this kid hurt. Um, and you're not going to have a chance to settle into a balanced game where people can actually excel. It doesn't slow down trades. That's why I don't, I hate the first part of the season because they're, they're, you know, they've got all these waivers still floating. They've got all these trades that are still happening. You never settle down the team to get a, a good system to where you can actually build on it. So you can't put the cart before the horse here. You have to slow down a little bit. Let the team kind of figure out what they're good at so that way you can turn that into an offensive or a defensive game plan. Yeah, um, I think, you know, you like maybe even Kansas City is another good example, right? Where they drafted Mahomes, you know, already having, you know, a, a, I'm trying to think. They had a solid team. Yeah, I mean, and when they had Alex Smith, like they had yeah. a decent quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, and, but I guess in that, yeah, in that regard, it's like you're not even re really rebuilding completely. Like, I mean, you're Andy Reid did a good, yeah, did a good yeah. job kind of restructuring everything there. Uh, I mean, you look at like the Eagles and what <laughs> what has happened there since their Super Bowl run. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to think You know, there's always the discussion about, well, is it Tom Brady or is it Bill Belichick? Right. And now I'm wondering, was you know, there's always that discussion, I think, also about like, was it Doug Peterson? Was it uh, Frank Reich or was it Carson or Nick Foles? Right. Right. And it certainly wasn't Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz together by themselves like that. <laughs> that experiment. <Yeah. laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I, I But I, I always step back and you think about the. Um, and I think it was probably more prevalent for me with the Giants when they gave Vic Cruz so much money when they did this. God, you really thing. just hate Vic I, Cruz for that contract. I, I can't get over it. man. Okay. <laughs> It's like I gotta go back and count, but that's gotta be at least the third time. Like, that's like the fortieth time. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm just talking about on the podcast itself. <laughs> I mean, in real life, yeah, you've at least forty times now brought up Victor Cruz every time we talk. Like somehow the conversation comes back. To, you know who I really hate, Victor Cruz. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't I hate, the don't guy. hate the guy. I just too. think it was the wrong play. Like yeah. they had, they had a better. I mean, that wasn't the option, basically. You know, uh, you look at it like I, I watched Philip Rivers play and I hate to say it like to you. He's actually a pretty spot on quarterback. The guy's spot on. It's just that I don't know if he gets in his own way or if he just 
he's in the wrong like team you know he's in the wrong era is part of it like if you put if rivers had shown up 10 years 10 ago? years before he did yeah. yeah like dude would have been killing it you know yeah. but we're at the point now where he just don't have that much time and as a what is it what is essentially a statuesque you know immobile quarterback it's hard i mean it's hard for an offensive line to hold that long defensive schemes have gotten to you know a little bit better one of the things that used to help rivers out big time was that he had gotten pretty good at reading the defenses um you know, I don't know if it's a matter of that not happening. I think part of it is that he he does think, probably get in his own are, way. But I think the defenses are too fast for him. Yeah, I think that's what it really boils down I, to. So I think his reads are right. I just don't think he... he I don't matches. think he's getting to his point, and then the ball isn't coming out with the... I mean, like he's, it's not his arm isn't dead, but it's not what it was. And I think at times, he, it's like he forgets that, and he sees... Somebody's like, well, I can get that in there, you know? And that's like, mm. and especially when this team is struggling around him, you know, I, like when this, when I watched him on a, on a few plays and I, I'm, I'm thinking like, no, he's pretty spot on. He just, it's not about, it's not a him thing. It's the fact that the corners are zipping on him. Yeah. You know, you have his, a safety cheat and it's not that he missed the read. It's just a guy that the safety was faster than his uh his target so those are things where when i look at you know the nfl now it's like and i said this this is well before the podcast we're we're probably we're three years into where i said five years right so we probably have two years two more years before it starts to settle down um i don't think a lamar lamar jackson or patrick mahomes are i don't think they're gonna, they're gonna restructure the game because those those are only two unique teams or two teams well, and um, I mean Lamar Jackson. I'm not writing him off, but he has not struggling. looked anywhere as good this year as he has did last year. It's it's because I get to watch tape on him, and that's that's the problem. People people they ride that horse way too long, and I just need a season, bro. And if I finished out number three in my conference, I know how to get to number two. If I'm going to play you like twice next season. Yeah, I just have to focus on what you're doing, and that's you know. And I'm not a I'm obviously not a coach, but those things aren't brain surgery. But I do think the the obstacle that the teams are having is the front office, and you know how do they how do they have those conversations with, you know, revenue versus what the team actually needs to grow. Yeah, and I I don't know how you I don't know how you solve that. I'm just saying that that's the obvious break right there for me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, it's it is tricky. I think what you do, you know, you're right. Like what you need is an owner and a general manager who are on the same page about that, right? You know, and and then I think you also have to get creative early in the process and how you build from the inside out. I mean, you can't you can't be sitting there waiting to draft guys left and right. You need to be looking to collect free agents where you can without having to overpay. You know, like, I mean, that's another area where I think Seattle and their general manager, John Schneider, has done a pretty good job, not specifically on the offensive line necessarily, but just in terms of the team overall, meshing things between signing free agents, doing some in-season trades and drafting well, 
you know, or at least hitting often enough in the draft. And, you know, they're notorious for trading back to acquire yeah. additional picks because they'll be in a position where they'll go, there's literally nobody on our board that is rated high enough for us to draft them here. You know, so, and, and which is an interesting strategy to take that it's like we don't feel that it we are getting enough value out of the pick at this point that, you know, we feel like we could draft back, get a player of equal caliber and acquire additional capital along the way. Yeah, and I, and I really think that that's actually not a bad play, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't necessarily need to get the first-round draft picks. That's why I don't really watch the draft, because I really don't care, you know? It's like, I, I well, I care about the opportunities these kids get, but I don't really care as how that impacts a team, you know? Right, because, um, it, I mean, you are notoriously, uh, you know, prove it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, show me that you've got the talent. Show me that you can grow into the role. Show me that what you did in college translates to the NFL where people are literally, that is their bread and butter. And when you, if you tell me that my bread and butter as a defensive player means I have to knock people out a lot quicker or I have to, whatever it may be, or as an offensive player, I have to catch a lot more, then it's a whole different level, man. When you when you mess with somebody's paycheck, it's all it's all fun and games until I don't get a penny. Yeah. So those are that's where those college kids they struggle. They get they get enamored by the newness of it. This you know the the brief moment of celebrity, and they don't perform well. And for for me, I don't whether it's and I think a lot of that's the training and the practice where they don't actually they're depending on the new player to rise to a level where the expectation is not really clear. And their emotional state is way into the, I just got a check for $600,000. Like, Well, and I, you know, it makes you wonder how often were those kids actually required to put in the work and effort necessary at that next, at that top level. Yeah. Right. You know, as a, as an incredibly gifted athlete at the high school level, you're probably just straight up better than every single other person on the field in most right. cases, right. In college, depending on where you went, you were probably one of the better players at your position, right? If you're getting dressed, especially if you're getting drafted high in the NFL. And so then you walk into an NFL position where, or a position in the NFL where you haven't really had to work hard because your natural athleticism has always allowed you to overcome the deficiencies in your work ethic or your work habits or your film study, whatever it may be. And now that's not enough because these <laughs> other guys are just as fast, just as big, just as strong, if not more so. And, and when they're lacking, they go back to the gym. Right. When they're lacking, they go back and figure out how do I get that half step or whatever it may be. The best ones. I mean, even, you know, like you go back to a different sport, Michael Jordan, right? Like that dude wasn't satisfied at the end of a season. You know, he was going back watching tape to see what it was that he needed to get better at. And then he right. was expecting every single other person on the team to be doing the exact same thing. I'll tell you, I'll do a, uh, like, and I learned this in, in business that I had a, one of my old bosses tell me, cause I was driven. And of course I was younger and I was like way driven, like bad. Um, and I would come down hard. And he actually pulled me aside one day. We're having a coffee. And he says, you know, there's only one of you, right? I'm like, yeah, I get that. He goes, no, literally. 
there's only one of you. Nobody else is going to, you know, do what you're doing. Your job is not to make everybody you. Your job is to make them the better them. And I struggled with that for two years because that wasn't acceptable. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you shut up, didn't you? Work harder. Uh, but when it finally clicked in my head, I was like, oh, I get it now. Not everybody's going to be, nobody is programmed to be like you. And if you're in a position of leadership, you want to make sure that you try to get them to be the best them. And that transcends sports. It transcends, it's a universal principle. You know, you can't expect a bunch of mini me's to run around. You just have to understand if you're a leader, how do you get the person to get closer to what you see them doing? And I think sports needs a lot of that right now. So, yeah. So you, you mentioned college sports earlier. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't celebrate the minor achievement that my, of the Carolina wolf pack, uh, (laughs) achieved this weekend uh it's really i mean we beat syracuse which was not a big deal the fact that we beat syracuse by having their quarterback spike the football on fourth down as time expired and they were at like the 15 yard line going in um needing a touchdown was you know (laughs) pretty hilarious because state (laughs) our quarterback at one point got sacked in the end zone and as he's getting spun around tries to fling the ball but instead of throwing it anywhere sane it literally goes out the back of the end zone for a safety i mean he was gonna get tackled for a safety anyways um but it was just like oh this is this is what college football has been reduced to and i mean it's like in in so many ways between the NFL and college football, it's just going to be whoever, like whoever's last, last, the last man standing, like whoever has been able to make the most out of this craptastic season filled with <laughs> players sitting out and all of that stuff. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, it's, I'm with you. Like we talked about it earlier. I love football and I have been enjoying the fact that it's back. But at the same time, I can't help but sit here and go, this should not be happening. Yeah. There is no reason that this should be happening right now. Like I, I get why it's happening, but that we should not be in this position. Well, the answer is, is it's because college NFL, they see it as a product. You know? Well, because it is. I mean, they turned it into a product. You know, like they've turned that into a revenue generating thing that requires them to play. Because ultimately, if they don't play the games, there isn't the TV money. And and aside from everything else, you know that they talk about, it's all about that TV money. Yep. Like that's the reason they're doing this. Any, you know, the bowl games are starting to cancel um, for football. Which I mean, I'm I'm. At this point, what they what I imagine they will do is they'll have the playoffs, and then maybe a couple of the New Year's Six bowls are going to go through. They will select teams for the other bowls and basically award them the bowl. But then, no, none of those bowls are getting played. I, yeah, I I'm just not on board with that. I I just want them to put a pin in it. What do you? I mean, like, what are you going to do with the bowl games? Right? You're going to have people at those games. You're going to have people travel. 
to go see their teams play at those well, games. If you're if you're in the Midwest or the uh, the Southwest, you're you're gonna do it. <laughs> like they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, hell, in the Southeast, like, yeah. what was there? There's that church in Charlotte that's now been linked to 200 different COVID cases and 12 deaths, and none of them are people that actually attend those that church. <laughs> <laughs> The sad part when it comes to that is that God stresses wisdom. And everybody knows about King Solomon. The one thing he asked for was wisdom. And and God was pretty shocked. Well, not shocked by it, but he was shocked by it. He was like, yo, that you could have anything you wanted, but you wanted wisdom. And people, they forget the some of the tenets of the faith of Christianity. It just blows my mind every time I hear something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, well, but, then you have Notre Dame, who's getting ready to win the ACC conference uh, title, despite the fact that they're not even a member. <laughs> I, I freaking, I can't, I still can't, I can't, I can't with Notre Dame. I just can't. It just makes me so mad. It makes me and so you're, you no. know what is going to make you even even matter. What's that? Okay, not only did they beat your UNC Tar Heels this last weekend. But their starting cornerback, one Nick McLeod, guess where he used to play? <laughs> North Carolina State University. And you guys are like the freaking <laughs> the hand-me-down school. <laughs> what are the hand-me-up school? It's like uh it's like when you see like those stupid rom-coms where it's like, oh, I used to date her. <laughs> and now she's like doing so much better without you. <laughs> North Carolina State's like the rom-com X yep. or some crap like that. It's, we are a feeder school. Yeah, well, it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> it, should, it shouldn't be. Well, you know, I know, you know, Carolina's playing basketball. Right, the the sport that you care about when it comes to Carolina. Yeah, but see, I, and I didn't use to, the other name that time. Yeah, I don't want them <laughs> to play though, man, because they're not in the bubble. Well, you know yeah, I mean? I mean, that's the whole thing with the college kids. You couldn't like NFL. If you'd wanted to, you could have put the NFL teams in a bubble. Mm-hmm. You could have done that. Well, you've well, got uh, what is it? San Francisco. They're playing in Arizona the next year. Yeah, games. they can't play at home anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they got kicked out. And the Rams. Yeah. It's like you guys got to go. Why? Don't bring your cooties here. Yeah. Turns out the Chargers don't actually play real football, so they're not in trouble. <laughs> It's only contact sports, and they don't actually tackle anybody. So that's true. That's true. Oh man, I forgot to uh, like. I know we're talking about college yeah. basketball. But there was a girl that started for. Um, oh Vanderbilt, yeah, yeah. Uh, the kicker. Yeah, her kick was kind of low, but it was still kind of dope to see it happen. You know, <laughs> like, you know what was really low were some of the ridiculous fucking comments that people made on the internet about it. I didn't see anybody. Yeah, some asshole asking, basically saying, he's a, some sports writer, you know, like like somebody who gets paid to have these shitty opinions. Uh, wanted to know, does Vanderbilt not have a men's soccer team? Um, and was it a matter of them selecting the best kicker available or just the one that was going to get them the most publicity? And F that guy. Yeah, because um, that's the type of cynical fucking world that we live in, where where we can be cynical about that, but at the same time, most likely, I assume, look at somebody who's you know sitting at a child's desk in a White House room 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I said no politics. I said no politics. Damn it, Chris. I broke my own rule. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, back to college basketball. Um, because, no, just to... Just to yeah, what's her name? Though? I want to... Uh, yeah, look up her name because she deserves a shout out. Yeah, because I thought that was pretty dope. We are fact checking ourselves right now. Uh, Sarah Fuller. Sarah Fuller? Yep. That's awesome. So, Sarah Fuller, thank you for like being in that game. Whoever that sports writer was, he can, um, he can F off. We're good with that. Um, yeah, I think you're pretty dope. Like, that's ballsy. Yeah, well, I don't really care how you look. I just think you are dope. Did I? Did I say no, you said I think you're pretty dope, and I didn't say. Oh, was, I was like, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't say anything about. Hold up, hold up! My wife listens to this podcast. <laughs> like, I, I swear to I God, sh- Chris, if you don't, if you don't go back and edit that, <laughs> I know. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, how did that happen? No, I think that's for, so. Sarah, congrats. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. But what were we saying before? Uh, so we were talking about college basketball and how gonna, they're going to have a season. Yeah. Hawaii. I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna, I mean, so, uh, Carolina was undefeated so far, right? NC state okay. also undefeated yeah. so far. Uh, we got our first game canceled on Monday, uh, yesterday. <laughs> we were supposed to play William and Mary. Apparently both of them got COVID. So. don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was Outside of sports, William and Mary is a good school. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, they both got COVID. But yeah, um, I don't know. I I think that I think Carolina is probably not going to win the. Eh, they don't have a shot at the ACC tournament, depending on how long the uh, the title you mean. Lasts. I'm sorry, winning the ACC tournament. Yeah, I don't think they have a shot, uh, but I do think they will go to the NCAA. Will they have an NCAA? If depending on how long the season goes, yeah, I think they'll have a strong enough record to go to the NCAA. Um, what about state? I have no idea. Um, we have two freshman point guards in Shaquille Moore and Cam Hayes. Cam Hayes looks good, but I mean, it's a you know you got a freshman running the, your offense basically, no matter what. Shaquille Moore, I should also say, looks good. I think this is you know, one step closer yet again for Kevin Keats and him assembling the type of talent and the type of players that he wants. I think he finally has knock on wood (laughs) enough depth to run the system that he wants and be able to withstand a minor amount of injury because in the past it's been like you lose one guy, you're done. Like, it kills your whole plan. Cause I mean, all he wants to do is press people for 40 minutes. Yeah. He's going to press you for 40 minutes and then he's going to, you know, try to run it in transition. And they're pretty baller when they play zone though. Yeah, they did. They played zone a little bit last year and they did pretty well. Um, you know, I'm just saying, no, I know as I, I used to fucking hate Syracuse every time we would play them because of that stupid fucking zone. But I, it'll, I, I think it's important 
to be able to have that in your arsenal, right? Yeah. Um, the question will be with the young kids and the lack of preseason, how much of that are you able to install effectively? I think for more veteran teams, right, you're going to have more depth of defensive situations, you know, and knowledge so that you can draw from that a little bit more. But I think with a younger team, I don't know, but you do have a lot of, I think you have a lot of experience. You got DJ Funderburk and Manny Bates who could make a ridiculous, um, is that back court, front court? I can never remember. <laughs> so here, here's my challenge <laughs> for sports. And I, and I think as somebody that doesn't get to play a lot anymore or because I'm getting older, it's a coaching thing. Yeah. Like it, it's investing the time, the things that you know that are observing first where you're weak at. And number two, investing in where you know that you're weak at. Um, where you're good at, you're probably going to be good. Like I used to always like stress out in, in soccer because I felt like the coaches, they weren't doing enough, right? But then when I started watching more international soccer, I noticed that where teams are good, they naturally gravitate to their strong points. Mm -hmm. Where they're weak, they, you know, the good teams would actually, by the end of the first half, they would adjust in the second half and be able to make, you know, make a difference. I think the same thing is true across across sports. It's like the coaching has got it. Like you, you can't depend on what you're good at all the time and overemphasize it because that's where you become weak. And you, you watch like a good example would be um, uh, actually – Russell, Russell Wilson, <laughs> it was a good example, you know, mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, but you're good there. Like I'm, I'm going to have to now force that play and try to, you know, beat the defenders. Well, as, as opposed to, nope, in this situation, let's do something that we're not so strong at. Let's practice that because that's probably going to get us, you know, that next first down or that next score. Right. So that's, that's my, you know, little wisdom that I, you know, I've just been noticing across a lot of sports lately um, or team sports, not golf, but because like you either suck or you're doing good in golf. See, and I disagree with that. I think golf is a team sport. Based on what? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, golf is one of those games that I liked. Um, I like to play occasionally but i've i've lost most interest in sitting down and watching it on television i think tiger was one of the few reasons i would really tune in yeah um i must say that i've never watched an entire 16 holes of golf or any any of the tournaments 16 i used to go to the driving holes. range yeah you you're obviously not a golfer 16 holes <laughs> yeah I mean, it's 18, 18 holes <laughs> oh, let's see. it's not my <laughs> I would have been, I would have quit. Like, we're good, right? <laughs> yeah. Andre's like, what the fuck? There's two more? <laughs> Nobody told me. <laughs> Why are we doing all this walking? <laughs> what do you the mean the back nine? Yeah. <laughs> we already played nine out front. <laughs> Where's the corner store? Like, I've got no beers. No, this that's the thing. That's you play the front nine. The front nine drops you off right near the clubhouse so that you can pick up a light snack, maybe another refill your beer, and then you're back out for the back nine. But I say I never I hate playing eighteen holes. Give me nine. Give me nine holes. 
by the time I'm done with nine, I had enough good shots that I feel good about the day, and I had enough crappy shots that I never want to play again. Huh. Yeah. That's I might. Maybe maybe in 2021, I might, like, take up golf. I used to go to the driving range, and that was frustrating for me. Um, well, we can start there. We'll go to when uh, the drive shack opens back up. The yeah. like the top golf looking place. We can go yeah, there. Yeah, I think it's some clubs and everything. No, you, they out. have them there. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think you can borrow them. Borrow them. I want to buy some. Okay. Well, I, I will. I will help you to buy golf clubs. How's that? <laughs> like, I'm not investing unless I'm buying stuff. I'm like. But I, I want to buy my own so stuff. So I'm saying we go do this first. <laughs> oh, okay. Before great. you go drop, like, you know, a ridiculous amount of money on some nice clubs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not how my brain works. So. Well, it's just, I mean, the technology that is that has gone into golf clubs these days has gotten absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I saw this, this, I guess with a driver had like switches and dials on it. I'm like, that's pretty dope. They have a new one that actually, uh, you can install the Slack app so you, that you can, you can chat with your work while you're out at the golf course. Let's talk about technology. (laughs) It's going to be part of the new Salesforce package once they buy it. Yeah, I, I think Salesforce is on that Facebook level of like we can't compete anymore. We're just gonna buy all of our competitors. Again, like I think I mentioned this earlier. I don't even feel like like is Slack really a competitor? Uh yeah. Because they're becoming a platform. But I mean, like I just I guess or, I or, never looked at Slack and I haven't used Slack since I left a year, yeah. Um, because you know. We're, it's all about the APIs. It's all about the integration. Well, and that's and what I'm saying. That like that was what Slack was really great about. But you had a Salesforce API that integrated with, or you know, like you had an integration between Salesforce and Slack already. So I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, like, yeah, I get that it for Salesforce. Sure, I could look at it as okay. This is a way for us to diversify, and now you know, from in addition to just our standard, you know, sales or CRM, you know, sales CRM that we also now offer corporate chat, you know, in a separate app, but cause I don't imagine that they're going to take the time to like incorporate all of the Slack features into the Salesforce native app. Well, I don't, I don't know, but I think that, so what's what Slack has done pretty well is brought in its own umbrella and they just became a platform of using more integrated tools, like mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Um, I don't, I, this is not against anybody that works at or for Salesforce, but Salesforce sucks. (laughs) Like it's in my top 10 list of technologies. Like I can do without, um, they are pretty good and strong CRM. That's about it. They're not, they shouldn't be, they are not everything for everybody. And I've had my experience programming crap for like to fit in that world. And I, every experience I've hated. So sorry. So basically that's where I am so confused that Salesforce, I mean, I, cause I guess it's not sales, but like Salesforce is the thing that everything, everybody wants to integrate with. And not then really, well, so I worked at a company where they use Lotus notes until the very, very end. And I just imagine that one day, 
when the company I work for moved to uh, uh, Microsoft Exchange, that salesman that had that account just crying. I just, I just imagined like what was what was Billy thinking about that day? He just sat in his office crying because like his. I mean, we're talking the Fortune five company, and I'm like, yeah, that guy's pissed. He's like probably he's drunk. He's suicidal. Everything's going south for him because that was yeah, it. That migration. Oh, oh boy. I mean, think about Lotus Notes, the la- one of the last like big accounts. And I think Salesforce is they're working themselves into that space where they're so monolithic that it doesn't like they just have to figure out a way to stay relevant. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I feel like you know, uh, and maybe maybe it's in part because I haven't been paying super close attention to the CRM space because I, it's not. Where, it's not a thing. It's really not a fucking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, I'm the one that. that's usually swearing. I know, right? I totally like let some pepper slip. It's not a thing. Like people don't understand that CRMs are really not a thing anymore. It's not. It's a it's it's a fabricated reality that people live in when they say, "I need to have a CRM." Tell me why, though. Seriously, right? CRMs blossomed in the days of business cards. Wait, but how else am I supposed to manage the relationships of my customers? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you see my point? Like, think about it. They blossom in the days of business cards. Yeah. Who uses a business card? You have them, but do you use them? <laughs> no. And mine just says potential free lunch winner. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you use them to go out to lunch and put it into a fishbowl to possibly re- you know, win a free lunch at a restaurant. Yeah. But nobody, it's, it's not the way people communicate. It's a dying technology. It's it is on its last leg. Like it's not even important. Slack is important because I can invite you to, I, I can hit you up. Look at all, since COVID, think about it. Zoom is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's been around for a while. Uh, Google Meets, all these other technologies that have been around sleeping. The necessity was driven out by the scarcity of how people interact, especially in business. Like I can send you a Zoom meeting invite that I, I could record the meeting and, and bypass any feature function of Salesforce yeah. at the drop of a dime. I can use a Google or an exchange powered email client and archive and arrange all of the conversations we've had for the last 24 months instantaneously without Salesforce. That's my point. Okay, that makes sense. It, they are just, they are literally a technology. And it's not that I'm, I'm not begging for the death of Salesforce. I'm just saying like at the end of the day, they're living on borrowed time. Well, and I, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends, you know, if they're able to swallow up one of these smaller or other, you know, competitor companies that does, you know, have a, a more prominent future or a better you know business model going forward yeah Yeah. relevant model um then they could obviously extend their potential life uh 
line. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I it's nice not to have to worry about any of that anymore. <laughs> Dude, you, have no idea. you have no idea. I actually uh, last week got a uh, a headhunter hit me up for a uh, Apex, which is Salesforce's masterization of Java mm-hmm. uh, job offer. That was a pretty nice salary. Though, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd be lying. I'm like, yeah, that might you know really keep the lights on. But is it worth, worth the headache? Is it? Yeah, it's not worth the headache. I'm yeah. good. Hard pass. Yeah, I I know. Uh, so I've been I've been ranting and and obsessed with like Flutter development, and um. So I'm getting my whole, you know, dev environment all set up. Would you say your heart's a flutter? Oh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Christmas present early. Ooh, what'd you get? Uh, you're gonna love this. Did you get your uh, your, your Mac Mini? Let, let me let me tell you the story. Okay, it's, tell me the story. It's even better. So I, I'm running a Hackintosh because mm-hmm. in order to develop for iOS, you have to have with Flutter, you have to have iOS 11 at least. I've got my Hackintosh. I'm updating something so I can, you know, demo some test code out and see what it looks like on iOS. I think I fried my hard drive. I mean, my uh, motherboard. Oh, so I know so, last week, I think we talked, you thought it was just a stick of RAM. Yeah. Well, it when I looked at the motherboard and I opened the case up to see what was going on, it was literally running overclocked Ooh. the entire time. So I'm pretty sure, like uh, I I fried it, and that was pretty sad. Um, so I sent I spent Friday evening, Saturday morning with three of my spare servers, pulling out PSUs, pulling out like swapping batteries. I'm buying batteries. I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to like just give me the freaking BIOS. That's all I want. Nothing. Right. Yeah. And I'm pissed. So there's nothing worse than like when something doesn't work in my house because I've lost it. My wife looks at me and says, just buy a new computer. So part of me is like excited. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm like, yeah, I got permission. You know, I don't have to ask for permission. The other part of me is like, but I want to fix it. I really want to fix it. And anyway, long story short, I bought the new Mac mini with the M1 processor. Nice. Yeah. One of my sons works at Apple. I got a little discount, take a little bit of chatter on that. So Ooh. that was dope. So fully specced out under like, well, with his discount, I'm, I'm grateful for that under like a grand. So I didn't have to like really like lose my brain. Yeah. And then to keep me away from the edge, I took all the old, uh, I just took all the old hardware, you know, pulled pieces out I could use, took it to the uh, recycling thing. And just got rid of it. Good. I was like, oh, it's got to go. Good because for I'll you. But I am super excited. I've been looking at a lot of videos for, um, for the new M1 processor. I'm going to say two things. One, I'm super impressed with what they've figured out how to do with the uh, SOC like system or system on chip right it's blazingly fast like i've watched videos of people taking their fifteen thousand dollar mac pro desktop units and running like 
Logic Pro and all these other like high end graphics things. And the the Mac Mini M1 is just blazing on. It's like zipping on. I'm like, okay, that's gonna be cool. <laughs> so I geek out super heavy, and I'm like, yo, that's dope. But on the flip side, I think as a developer, it can't and it will not be my daily driver because of the fact that you know a lot of the development software I use either a big sur breaks it or it started to break away in catalina where things weren't working properly um and it just tells me that there's the windows world there's the linux world that are excluded from this whole like experience and, and being able it's not really cross in my opinion not really cross platform so yeah i i think it's impressive what they're doing and of course we'll probably have like a year or two before they start to like think about it i'm not going to not want to use gimp i'm not going to not want to use inkscape so those are things i use outside of like android studio uh, pycharm or or vs code that need to be in my arsenal my toolkit so a mac won't work for me it's like that won't work like i need to do graphic stuff not like I'm not a Photoshop nerd or anything like that, but it's like, I'm not going to buy Photoshop either, you know? Um, so I think performance wise, what they've been able to do is amazing. Like freaking like baller practicality wise. And I think this is kind of why uh, AWS is bringing um, Max to their cloud because they're, inadvertently excluding a lot of developers from developing for, you know, for Apple. Right. So that's the, that's the, that's the cost that they're paying for doing something super awesome. Not very, I don't think they're doing a rush job of it, but developers are probably going to want latest hardware, latest software because of the stack they're using. Not like a consumer where they probably don't care basically. So that was a lot all to say, I'm excited. Uh, it doesn't come in till like December 29th through January 9th. So I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you're still waiting, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess because what was it when um, the old chip before they went to Intel was uh, the power PC, the power PC. And then when they went to the Intel chip, there was all of the issues with the old programs that were designed for power PC not being able to run on Intel. And then there was the, whatever, like the translation program. Yeah, Ros Rosetta. Rosetta, yeah. yeah. And now there's a new Rosetta, right? Rosetta 2. Rosetta yeah. 2, which I know has a lot of people kind of like, I swear if this is like the first Rosetta, <laughs> you know, and it, I mean, some people, it, it had them pause and kind of say, I'm going to wait and see kind of how this all shakes out and whether or not Apple's really done their homework. Um, and I obviously for you with it not being your daily driver, you know, it's more of kind of a, a development tool and also, you know, something kind of fun to play with and see, yeah. you know, what the latest, um, you know, hardware uh, pieces are. So, I, I mean, I'm super curious when it comes in to get your your take on it, but that's really awesome. Um, congratulations on having an awesome wife. I think she wanted to sleep because well, yeah, I'm sure that was part of it. But, <laughs> she was you know. like, yeah, I can't, I can't like, I was pissed, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I closed my office door like twice. I was putting pepper on some words. I'm like, Ugh. you gotta be. 
I was censoring myself in my office, but I will say that overall, like I saw their, their press event and I'm going to be seriously, I'm like honest with you. It blew my mind, like what they were able to do. Like just, and I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not an addictive hardware guy, but I'm like, that's actually pretty baller when you think about it, you know? Um, But I think for me, it was just kind of like, I wanted to wait. I wanted to wait just because I want to make sure Xcode works still. I, you know, I wanted to wait, but I, you know, be that as it may, it happened the way it did. Um, so here we are. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately it sounds like it, I mean, that's a win for you. I think uh, it could be a win for Apple with the, you know, the new M1 chips. Um, it's not all wins. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, there was a report that their chief security officer got caught up in some sheriff, you know, concealed carry uh, permit bribery scheme, like where the local sheriff's department was apparently selling these, you know, difficult to obtain CCW licenses. And this guy wanted four of them for people on you know, the Mac uh, campus on the Apple campus and ended up, you know, basically throwing like $70,000 worth of iPads and other Mac products at the sheriff's department. <laughs> now yeah. they all got caught up in this bribe scheme. <laughs> that is super jacked up for it's a lot so of people. California. <laughs> <laughs> but what does that tell you? So one thing I, when I first ran across that story and this is something i've been kind of like trying to figure out is um i think that the way that people have been predicting the the separation of like end users is happening right now and i think apple and google may have figured it out before everybody else like an ipad is actually a thing like a chromebook is actually a thing and i i think that smartwatch a smartwatch is actually a thing. So I, I think end users are going to like definitely, and I'm seeing it with myself, like you're going to be in different camps, you know? Why is it important for uh, the latest or for Big Sur, their, their latest OS to run iOS apps on desktop? Guess what? Most people are using their phones or they're using their their watch. And I'm just like, wow, it's actually literally happening. So um, it doesn't surprise me. I, I don't know if I'm 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 down with a felony for it, but uh, I was like, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, but I guess like this wasn't the only situation from what I understand. Like the, the sheriff's office had been running this scheme for some time and this guy just happened to kind of get caught up in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they basically tried to extort all of this money out of him in order to get these these licenses. And I mean, you know, he obviously was like, sure, whatever, here, you know, and I think. But 70000 is a lot of money. It is. Well, and that's, that's the thing. That's like, a lot of iPads. You know, people say like, well, money, you know, doesn't, can't buy happiness or it doesn't fix all your problems. No, but like, I mean, if you had $70,000 lying around and you really needed a CCW permit, like, <laughs> I mean, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's one of those where we're, the government is restricting access to this based on whether or not you have the money to pay for it. 
you know, yeah. at, at a ridiculously high cost. And I mean, look at healthcare, you know, in this country in so many ways, so, it's the same thing. Like, so remember how we were talking about like, uh, like why don't towns and states advertise? Yeah. I've been seeing a slew of these commercials, bro. Yeah. I don't know where Jackson County is in North Carolina, but I've seen their commercial like three or four times. I'm, I'm curious. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it's, I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm just like, like I, I just, my brain stopped because, Oh, because you, you have these, these high rent residents like Apple or Amazon. Yeah. Um, and how do you, I get, I guess where I'm stuck on is like, how do you make it to where I I'm a big company. I want to move to your city or town. I want to help the, the the community I'm going to be a part of, but it's got to be amicable. I, I don't want you taking advantage of me, vice versa. So exactly, it needs to be a partnership. Yeah. So did that person get caught up in some crap? Maybe, but who else? Like, how do you like really? Well, you can place the blame there, obviously, but big picture wise, who gets the blame? Well, right. That's uh, uh, yeah. I think. Yes, the guy who's willing to pay the bribe is also guilty, but right. he wouldn't have been in that position of having to pay a bribe if the system had been set up legally as it was supposed to, right? right. Like, if the illegal stuff that the sheriff's put in place wasn't there, he <laughs> might have just obtained them legally. So <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, I don't think that technically falls under entrapment, but still, it's like... It, kind of does i mean that's if, if i was his lawyer that's exactly what i'd be arguing like if the he, sheriff like had this whole mechanism to do that mm. yeah i mean it'd be one thing if he came to them say you know knowing that this like was impossible for him to obtain through legal means right and saying i'll pay you seventy thousand dollars in apple products if i can get four of these licenses kind of slid under the table to me even though there's no way I should be able to get these licenses. But even then, like once, what are those, what good do those licenses do you? Because then like you flash the license, somebody goes, how the fuck did you get one of those? You know, like <laughs> you're not supposed to have one of those, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm with you. That It's like, there's blame on both sides, but ultimately like, I kind of feel like, yeah, like the, the sheriff's department and the government in that sense are kind of the ones that are more at fault um, for yeah. creating the, the situation. But um so I, I will tell you this. Like I, uh, I, I know we talked about smartwatches. Yeah. I love my smartwatch. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. Like I'm like the heart rate monitor. I know like I'm not expecting a heart attack or a stroke, but it sure is nice to see the graphs after I work out. <laughs> like, so that's, that's like the only, like, oh, I want to see if I really like raise my heart rate. See, I thought you were doing like a Bruce Banner kind of thing where you were like noticing when you were, were getting angry and you're like, Ugh. Chris, I know you're secret. always angry. I'm always angry. <laughs> um, one of my sons, uh, we're, we were talking um, like at Thanksgiving. He was like, yeah, you know, dad, we're, t I don't, we're talking about anger issues. I'm like, and he looks at me because like, dad, you're always pissed. I'm like, yeah, I know, <laughs> but I can at least smile while I'm pissed. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I do, I do love, it. I think smartwatches have found a place in like daily driver, like category for me. It's like, oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's definitely on my list for Christmas. Um, because I am I I I don't know if I'm having issues with my phone or what, but I haven't been. I feel like I haven't been getting the notifications when I'm getting texts. Yeah, you know, like the message is there. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah, I okay. Know. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know, because I'm not replying to your text messages. Yeah, I was either. I was trying to be nice. Yeah, no, well, yeah. no, no need to do that. <laughs> I know the real you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the smartwatch is definitely on my list. Um, Christy was talking about some website where she was looking at some different Mac products, and they've got like the S4 for two hundred bucks. Um, yeah, the the, uh, the Apple S, uh, Apple or iWatch SE. Mm-hmm. It's a nice watch. Um, I don't know. I, I like, like the look of yours, though. Yeah, that's the thing I don't like about the Apple Watch. It looks like a freaking square on my wrist. Well, it looks like those old calculator watches. Well, you I, know? Have, like, I had four of those. Well, I know Day- you did. Casio Data Banks. This yeah. seems the joint, yo. <laughs> Why am I not? That like nothing about that surprises me at all. <laughs> the fact that you had four of those, the fact that you had any of them, like that is not. I I should have just known and yeah, just called that. Yeah, they're like fifty bucks a pop. I would like buy them like freaking water. I was like, yeah, I gotta have one of those. It's dope. You know, I remember this is a silly side story, but one year for Christmas, like one a family member, an aunt or uncle got me like, you know, like an Iron Man, one of the Iron Man triathlon watches or whatever, because everybody right. used to get everybody those for Christmas. I've owned year. like four of those also. I mean, what did, what did it say about the quality of those watches that you had to get a new one every year for Christmas? Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think the bigger problem was like there was no, there were no batteries. You oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> but I remember, I mean, and this was... I was pretty young at the time, but I remember like putting it on and looking at it and being like, they got me a scratched watch. <laughs> and it had one of those little removable, like protective film covers on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a little scratches in that. And I was like, those sons of bitches got me a scratched watch. It's a used watch. <laughs> <laughs> you got the cheapest relatives. <laughs> <laughs> seriously oh. and i was like oh oh it's just that little film i'll peel that off look at that it's a brand new watch <laughs> that's funny that's funny oh i uh so i've been like uh dude i i i know i i sound like a freaking idiot because i keep saying the same thing i've been like digging into uh mobile development mm-hmm. really love it and Two things. One, I have an idea for the Chris and Andre show app. It's going to help us to create our own platform. So I'm going to start that Slack. Up. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm going to start that probably in February. Will it have a chat function? I don't know yet. I can probably build that. We should um, We should allow our users to chat directly with us. To us? Huh. Okay. Individually or together. Yeah, so I'll have to figure that part out. You want to have a three-way with your two favorite podcasts? Podcast I, 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 I was like, <laughs> sitting in my mind, I'm like, this isn't just a statement. He's got something. He's low. building towards something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
I'm going to tell you something else, and I almost hate to admit this in Ooh. public. I've been looking at Java again. No. Yeah. In a Docker container? No, no, never that. <laughs> never that. So I've been looking at, tra- I've always wanted to create a desktop app, like just because, and, and I haven't figured out what I want to do with it. Uh, I have a couple ideas, but Java FX, mm-hmm. it, which is the UI framework for Java, it's kind of got me interested. I've seen some UIs where I'm like, yeah, that's dope. Java FX has the movies, right? Yeah, all the movies. <laughs> so you're such an idiot. Um, but I've really been, I've been like watching a bunch of YouTube videos and there's a bunch of creative guys. They're actually pro- developers. They're not uh, uh, graphics guys. Yeah. But you can make some pretty slick stuff. Um, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the reason I've been looking at Java is because I'm concerned about the, the whole future of, you know, cross-platform software right so I think apple's kind of separating itself from the rest of the pack right now for at least a couple of years so i'm like huh, i wonder if i can make a desktop app and i wonder if i can you know blah 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 but dude i've seen some really nice uis using JavaFX. and they don't look clunky in like 1997 yeah uh but i'm like oh, that's pretty dope so and uh, not not overly complicated in the you know structure and stuff in order to yeah. build them yeah, I, I mean, I know Java. I know Python. I love Python. I hang out with Java. Yeah. Um, and it's like, huh. How does your like, Python feel about that? I'm kind of <laughs> jealous. <laughs> so speaking of kind of jealous, my dog Skittles, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, like, she's, like, super solosa, so jealous, right? So if I hug my wife, she will stand. All right, here's let me backstory. I only pet my dogs when they sit. I don't like dogs jumping on me. It just annoys me. So if I hug my wife, she will come up to us and like sit there and it's like <laughs> for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so it is the funniest thing ever. So you I'm like, like you to you just okay? do that, right? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm like, hey, babe, how you doing? I'll give her a big hug and my, my skills will run up and she'll sit down and she'll, just like start growling. <laughs> <laughs> or if we're in bed and we're watching a show or something, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna hug her, and she'll know I'm hugging my wife. It just starts barking. It's like the funniest thing. <laughs> oh man! I think uh, I mentioned to you. I don't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast, but we recently got a new puppy. Um, yeah, you- his name is Cerberus, uh, named after the Hades guard dog. Um, the funny story about that is apparently Cerberus is Greek for spotted one, so Hades oh. literally named his dog Spot. Or it could have just been as simple as he had a special spot in hell for somebody. I mean, maybe. But he's he's got a little black spot on his tongue, which is pretty hilarious. Oh. So, uh, but the, he's also all black on the outside as of right now. So that was the main reason we oh, that's cool. named him Cerberus. But yeah, uh, our other dog, Ambrose, who we've had for a little over a year and a half now, um, can be quite the jealous little I say little, 60 pound. Yeah, lab- it's not little. Yeah, Pitador. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he will straight up just like with his massive paw, like scoop the puppy out of the way and be like, no, <laughs> my spot. And then just like, but he is such like a, 
I don't know. He's such a jealous bitch. Like, it's so funny. And he gets so, like, upset about it. And he'll, like, sulk over in the corner or turn his back and be like, you know, like, huff. <sighs> I'll be like, yeah, okay. I don't really care what you're doing yeah. over there. <laughs> you're not important right now. Like, go, go, go be you. Jealous dogs is just the best. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I, I think it's funny when dogs get in trouble. They know they're in trouble. Oh, yeah. And they're, they'll, like... You're looking at them, they'll look away. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know how that works in your world, but I still see you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, if I don't look at him, he's not looking at me. You know, it's like the T Rex in uh, Jurassic Park. Ah, movie reference. <laughs> yeah, you knew it was coming. Yeah. So, speaking of dogs, um, cooking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was my. What do you eat for Thanksgiving? Yes. <laughs> Since we're not eating turkey, uh, what did you have for Thanksgiving? Wow. So we went to Jacksonville to see my sister-in-law and um, my brother-in-law. It was a small gathering. wasn't anything like breaking CDC guidelines. So. Mm-hmm. Although, oh, let me pause before I say that. So a couple of weeks ago, a friend of ours had a party at their house and we were going to go. Um, and we were watching or listening to the news. and. Everything in the news was saying no big gatherings, no big gatherings. And we're like, eh, we're going to be okay. It's not going to be a lot of people there. And then there's this, uh, there's a segment where they're talking about how this time of the year, especially for Hispanics, that big gatherings are more the norm. Yeah. And this lady gets on and she's, uh, she's talking about, yeah, mi gente para, you know, stay at home. Like just nobody go out. Right. And, then she said the whole thing in Spanish. And, and so my wife's getting ready and I'm like sitting on the bed, watching the news. And we both look at each other like, okay, now we really can't go. Yes, we're <laughs> she, not going. <laughs> she literally said the whole thing in Spanish. And we're like, oh crap. She's talking to us because we're literally about to go to <laughs> a, a gathering at somebody's house that may or may not have more than 10 people. We don't know because, you know, okay, yeah. so anyway, um, so we go there. My sister-in-law, everybody knows I don't eat meat now. Um, I'm cheating with cheese. I got to admit it. Uh, I'm not mad at cheese. It's it's a thing. So I had macaroni and cheese. Uh, I did have potato salad with everything else, but except for the eggs, which is really delicious. Um, some like Dominican rice, which is really good. Uh, I had everything except for meat. In tur- yeah. so turkey and ham so i was able to eat everything except for or i didn't want it it's kind of like i don't want it and my wife's from peru so they love pork so they had some roasted pork and like i, did, I of course did not eat that but uh yeah that's what i had what about you uh so we went down to carolina beach uh same deal like very small gathering my parents normally do a huge they call their vagabond thanksgiving um and they'll have 25 30 people from the you know different area around carolina beach that'll show up and they canceled that this year so it was um i think there were seven of us total um and you know, it was, we ended up doing our cauliflower roast. I cannot remember if it's the same one we did last year. Christy says that it is. I feel like it's not, but I'm usually wrong. So I'm just going <laughs> to. You're learning well, my panel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but it was really good. Um, 
you know, the timing of things ended up getting a little off because we thought that we were going to eat around two. We didn't end up eating closer to like three thirty, and right. so our stuff was all kind of done at two, and then it had to sit, which wasn't great. But so the cauliflower was a little soggy, uh, soggier than we would have ideally liked, I think, or would have you know wanted when it was fresh. But we also made a vegan baked mac and cheese that turned out pretty good. I don't know if it would have been up to your standards. Uh, it was the first time that we had done a vegan like mac and cheese bake. Um, right. You will die to know that I did include broccoli in it. Um, so, yeah, I know. It's, what? It was air, what? air crisp. What are we doing? What broccoli. are we doing? It was really like, what good. Are, I liked it. No, what are we doing? We're just like. I no, love that's, broccoli that's like, mac and cheese. That's like. It's Christy's. a casserole. It's same freaking. It is. But mac and cheese is a casserole. Get over it. No, it's not. Yes, it's, it is. It's not. If you bake it, it's a casserole. Lasagna is a casserole. Oh, crap. And my sister-in-law made this. Uh, <laughs> before, you, you just said she made the dopest vegetarian lasagna, <laughs> which I ate for like four days straight. But yeah. but was zucchini and all, all types of good stuff. Oh, <laughs> so but no, stop talking crazy. <laughs> Do not ever put freaking broccoli and freaking macaroni and cheese again. Okay, I would just want, is, I just want to tell you, that, but yeah, what we did with the breadcrumbs on top, um, uh, and it did turn out pretty good. good. And then what was it? Oh, we did some vegan mashed potatoes um, that okay. were that were pretty good. But um, so dinner was good that night. The next night, my parents were very aggressive in suggesting that Christy and I go out and do something on our own, um, and we're like, we'll watch Helena. So, oh, sweet. <laughs> one of our favorite restaurants in the area is Nikki's Gourmet Sushi, and they have one that's there on Carolina Beach, but they're not doing dine-in service right now because it's pretty small on the inside. But the one that's up in Wilmington, which I guess is the original that I'd never been to before, uh, which is right off Front Street, they were open and doing dine-in service. So, we went up there. We pulled up, and they have like a table out front. There's nobody except for the staff inside the restaurant. And I'm like, man, they must the website must have been wrong. They must not be doing dining. And they came out, and they're like, oh, are you coming in? And we were like, yeah. And they were like, we just got to check your temperatures. And we were like, okay. And so we literally had a private restaurant for the first like two-thirds of our meal before <laughs> another couple of people walked in. Um, and it was so good. Like, I love that place. They we did uh, like edamame um, and something else I don't remember for oh beer battered French fries that they had oh. that were freaking so good um, and then I got the whitest thing I f- could find which was the teriyaki you know uh, like tofu plate yeah um, and then Christy got I don't remember she got some sesame noodles oh and then a bunch of sushi because she likes the like the vegetarian sushi which. Is also vegan sushi. Um, so that was really, really good. Of course, we come back from that, and Helena has kind of like a raspy voice. And the next morning, her glands are kind of swollen, and we're like, are you kidding? And so then it's we decide that we're going to take her to the urgent care because we just are like, let's go get tested. Like, it, it's not even necessarily like severe COVID symptoms, but... Just in case. Just in case, let's go get it. Yeah. Came back negative, but 
the rest of us got whatever she had. And so then <laughs> <laughs> like we drove back Sunday. I'm driving and I'm just like, why am I so tired? You know, like I don't feel sick, but I'm just like so tired. And then like we get back and I feel a little bit better. We put up some Christmas decorations and stuff like that. And then I crash. And then Monday morning we woke up and we Christy took our temperatures and we were all running fevers it was just like oh you've got to be kidding me but Jeez, yeah everybody's doing better today at least so i think we've rounded the the corner helena um should be good to go back to school tomorrow because she's good. been fever and symptom free for 24 hours so um yeah you know it's one of those things where any other any other year you know that happens and you just go oh that sucks you're sick no big deal but this time it's like, are you sniffling? Are you sniffling? We're going to get the COVID. Oh my God. I'm trying to get this kid to let somebody give her a COVID test. And not even like she went. Okay. So part of the problem is she had a COVID test back in like July or whatever. And they did. It was the one way up the nostril that really right. is unpleasant. I had it's to have that one. that bad. Okay. I had to have it done too. I really did not enjoy it at all. Like it. It was way more intrusive than I like more intrusive than a prostate exam. Uh, no, I think you have to like <laughs> think about which nope, which orifice I stand. <laughs> I stand by what I just said. You got your orifices all screwed up. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we'll move on from that if we can. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, we, I feel bad that she's had to go twice now to get a COVID test when both times it, it probably wasn't necessary, but right. out of, out of an abundance of caution felt like it was the best thing to do. Um, also, by the way, proof for all of you haters out there that no, every COVID test does not come back positive. That's true. I keep trying to get it, and I still <laughs> don't have it. Yeah, trying hard enough. Obviously. Yeah, so let me tell you, before I forget, because I'm getting old. Please do. You know my new thing is? What is your new um, thing? For breakfast, okay, aside from hash browns, which is like my crack, but for breakfast after I work out, uh, Linder's bagel. Mm -hmm. Follow your heart, American cheddar or American style. Mm -hmm. uh, the smart bacon, just egg sandwich. Oh my god, the best thing ever. Love it. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. It's that like, does sound really good. Yeah. So Linder's bagels. Don't get the. Don't buy the crappy. No other Linder's bagels are probably the closer you're gonna get to a, a decent bagel yeah. for the most part. So you're telling me that my Thomas's everything bagels are garbage? <sighs> well, you get the Thomas plain bagels; they're okay. No, I, I'm an everything, everything bagels. Bagel guy. That's not a thing. Yes, like, I, I, don't, it is. I don't know. It's it, not. It has everything. There, on it. It's not. It's nothing. It has, it has everything. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> So it's got to be a legit plain bagel. So you need to go Thomas or Linder's. Okay. All your hard cheese, two slices, the smart bacon, and just egg. Oh. Now, is it the Morningstar smart bacon? 
Because uh, one of them has has something in it that there's. I don't remember which bacon. No, it's it not is. Morningstar. Okay. It's the uh, gosh. You know what? I think I tried that smart bacon and I really didn't like it. You're not cooking it right. You're oh, the here's the secret right. sauce: the Pam like butter spray. Okay, but Pam butter spray has butter in it. It does. It has it? a butter flavor. And where do you think they get that butter flavor? Uh, I don't know. I'm not just kidding. Butter. No, you want to hear something really nice? It's, me- it's uh, light life. It's light life. Oh, okay. The light life. I'll have to try yeah. that. Because I think um, I've got somebody's breakfast sausages. I was supposed to tell you. No, the Gardein, isn't it? Didn't I yeah, send you that? Yeah, those are terrible. You didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I have tried two breakfast sausages, and I will be getting the uh, Beyond Breakfast la- uh, breakfast sausage from going for it. Yeah. They have spoiled me. I'm like, ah, oh, that tastes just like Satan in the morning. No. I just can't. I can't rock with that. So it was funny. When we were driving back from the beach on Sunday, um, like Helena fell asleep, and then she woke up. We were playing the – oh, that's right. We were playing the alphabet game, um, and we got to J, and she's like, man, I hope we see a Bojangles. And – I was like, yeah, because then we would find a J. Like, we we always kind of say that when we get to J. And she was like, well, no, because I could really go for one of those sandwiches. And I'm like, you don't even like Bojangles. She's like, I like the sandwiches with the egg. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you do like the breakfast sandwiches. And she was like, can we please go to Bojangles? And I was like, I'm not going to freaking Bojangles on this Sunday after freaking Thanksgiving. We left at like 930 in the morning. So no matter which Bojangles we went to, it was going to be a nightmare. And I was like, how about this? We will get home. We will unpack the car. I will go to the grocery store. I will get everything that I need to make you your Bojangles biscuit sandwich at home. And then you can have more than one. You can have it like every day for breakfast for this week. Or you can have it in lunch when you get to go back to school. And she's like, I guess, but it probably won't be as good. <laughs> I have to say, as far I'm three for three. I've knocked them out of the park. She has loved every single one of them. She's just like, wow. this is so good. She did okay. We'll say she did not like the cheese that I picked out for the first one, which what is just some mild like? cheddar. Just like I thought, that mild cheddar, something nice and. And she was like, no, I don't like this cheese. But I was like, all right. So she'll just eat it without the cheese. It's fine. But yeah, so egg, egg, uh, egg and bacon biscuit is what is her new jam. <laughs> and wow. I will say, cooking that bacon in the in the oven. It's probably the closest I have been to being like tempted to eat meat in the last year. And even that wasn't enough to get right. me to actually do it. Like the the light life bacon, it's if you cook it and like here's my thing, and I agree with what you're saying, but my thing is like follow the directions. Like I gotta trust that these people did it right. I mean, you act like I just I'm like, like no, I no, rip no, open no. the package and I go. Ha! And I just fling the directions over my shoulder and go, I don't need them. I know what I'm doing in the kitchen. <laughs> you get really excited there. And I'm uncomfortable. I, I hit something and that's, that's not it, what I'm saying. So I, I like for things like bacon, right? That's that's all I'm saying. Like the light life bacon, they figure something out. I, 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 okay. I won't disagree that the light life people might know how to cook their own bacon. I'm I will say saying. the Smithfield people have no idea how to cook their bacon because <laughs> yes, their instructions would... do not include the oven, which <laughs> everyone knows is by far the best way to cook your bacon. Uh... By the way, for you non-vegan bacon eaters out there, take a baking sheet, 
Line it with tinfoil and a baking sheet with sides, by the way. Like, not one of these ones that doesn't have sides. There will be grease. Line it with foil. Lay your strips out, not overlapping with a little bit of space in between them. Put the pan in the oven. Cold oven. Turn, Let it heat and cook at the same time. Turn the oven on to 425 degrees. Set the timer for 15 minutes. If you need to, you can rotate, leave in for another five minutes, check periodically. Your bacon will be amazing. <laughs> Just trust me. The You're key welcome. is rendering the fat slowly, right? You get that. It literally is the perfect combination of chewy and crispy. Like the outside is perfectly crispy. The inside is perfectly chewy. I've never had better bacon than baked bacon. Well, I appreciate that cooking tip for something I can no longer eat. But I will tell you my hash brown game. On point, son. On point. Well, yeah, but again, like I hear about this 99.99999% satan recipe. I hear about these amazing oh, hash browns. I hear about all these things, and I never get to eat them. I know. I'm, it's I'm, not your fault. I know you would be making these things for me if it weren't for the pandemic. Like we'd be hanging out all the but time. Gonna, I'm going to make it even worse. Last night I made a uh, a vegan lo mein. <laughs> God, it was so good. It was like crack. It was like crack in a walk, yo. It was it was so bananas. I was like, yo, my life is good right now. Yeah. The only uh, thing I would have had it was water chestnuts, and I didn't have any. Oh uh, yeah, that dude loved so me that, some water chestnuts. That would have been the the perfect extra thing in there. Like, I I made a uh, roasted cauliflower soup last night with with an entire bulb of roasted garlic in it because <laughs> <laughs> I am not a vampire um, and I don't ever want to meet one. So it was it was really really good though. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I made the other? Oh, I made I made homemade hummus for the first time ever. Oh. I had never tried making hummus from scratch before, and it was a gigantic pain in the ass. So unless I run out of hummus from the store that I bought already, I probably won't do it again anytime soon. But it was really good. Like, it was tasty. But I was just like, okay, this took me like an hour to make hummus. Like, I could have gone to the store and eaten the entire tub in the time it took me (laughs) to make it. Oh, I've been like uh, secretly buying extra toilet paper. Yeah. Oh, you're stocking up because you're preparing for the next lockdown. Yep. I think we're going to have a lockdown in a couple weeks. Have you ever heard of the the service Who Gives a Crap? Yeah, but they better have something to wipe their crap off with. (laughs) I'll tell you. No, it's a toilet paper company. Really? Yeah, they make toilet paper that's made from bamboo. Well, that doesn't sound good. No. So, okay. The toilet paper is the only one of their paper products that I actually like. Their, their tissues are not great. I don't like their paper towels, but their toilet paper is actually pretty decent. I'm not fact-checking you, but that's really a thing. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I, uh, when I throw out a name like, who gives a crap? I know that uh, Andre Powell is going to take a look. Yeah, I'm like, uh, are you taking a dig at me? Or they have you- some, I mean, some great marketing just in terms of like the packaging and stuff like that that's all over the box. 48 rolls for $52? the hell out of here and they deliver our, it to your doorstep softest loo roll ever it's like wiping with clouds huh 
Do you want me to drop off a roll so you can try it out? Yeah. Forty-eight. <laughs> it's like a dollar and a quarter, like a dollar ten cents for a freaking roll. Right. Is it like double ply? Yeah, it's two ply. No, it's or three ply, right? It's three ply. Yeah. Gosh, that's that baller toilet Dude, paper. Dude, it's yeah. nice toilet paper, I'm telling you. And it's bamboo, so it's made from like renewable, uh, sustainable materials, which I know you're not as big a Actually, I am. That's pretty dope. Well, look at that. Look who's Mr. Socially Conscious now. <laughs> well, I have to be. I'm black. Just kidding. I just can't be like... <laughs> I have to be. I'm black. It's in my social contract. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't be rolling around saying, screw social norms. Pop culture. Oh, did oh I can't remember if we ever talked about this. Um, not to totally derailize here at the end, but had, did you ever watch uh, that show Woke? No. On Hulu with Lamorne. No, no, no. um, told me about it before. I have not watched it. Okay, it was pretty. I I think I still have to go finish it, but they got renewed for a second season. Okay. Um, but that just made me think of that because he he basically goes around like no I don't want you know I'm just I'm just a cartoonist and then <laughs> something happens and then now like he can't help but be woke. <laughs> I see that's where I always get messed up because like for me it's not being woke it's about well a yeah <laughs> it is I I I don't want to make people feel better I just want to like not get killed yeah I watched this movie uh, it's a Norwegian but. Well, it's definitely a Norwegian movie. They have English and it's called Mortal. Um, it's unless you've watched a lot of European movies, you're probably not going to like it. Um, but it's a good movie. Um, Mortals. Okay. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Backstory here. Like I lived in Europe for like six years. And oh, I thought um, you meant backstory of the movie. Oh, the backstory of the movie is pretty big. Like, I'm not <laughs> I don't gonna... care about your backstory. Uh, yeah. Backstory <laughs> of the movie is uh, it's a. A lot of the Norse stories are, they always lean back to some of their mythology, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a good movie. It's it's not an American movie. I, I can just, I have to preface it with that. It's not an American movie. I like European films. I like I like foreign films. Yeah. I took a film class in college. It, that, ex- well, that explains a lot. Oh, uh, stop it. <laughs> That explains a lot. Uh, we watched the new mutants this weekend. Yeah, what'd you think about that? <sighs> I've been thinking about it a lot, and I don't, I can't really decide. Like, there were parts of it that I liked, and then there were parts of it that I, I felt like I just kind of made. It was almost like they just didn't take the time to explain certain things enough for me to really understand it. And I think maybe they just wanted it to be vague. Maybe the plain plan is to explain it more further down the road. Maybe I needed to be more versed in what the New Mutants was all about going into it. But That's the one. Okay. Like, if you've never read the comics, the movie doesn't make sense. And okay. I've read the comics, and like I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I totally read that whole storyline. So... Never once read it, had yeah. no, you know, knowledge of anything going into it and sat down. And, and even from that standpoint, like it was an OK movie to watch, like without any other, you know, without completely understanding 
the context of necessarily what was going on as deep as I felt like I needed to, to really connect and appreciate some of the character stuff. I still thought that it was a, a fairly well done film. I will say, spoiler alert for anybody that's listening at this point. I don't think we have this many people that make it this late in the episode, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, but if you haven't seen New Mutants yet, I don't want to spoil it. I don't even know how big of a spoiler this is necessarily, but how is it that this woman is in a facility all by herself with these kids? <laughs> like, you're telling me, like, like on what planet? like is this just a cost-cutting measure where they're like well we used to stock it full of people like this used to be a fully staffed facility but times are tight at the essex corp so we're just gonna have to go back and you know only put one doctor with six or five or however many kids and like i get that they're kids and they're mutants and whatever and she had her ability to put them in little bubbles and shit but like at no point did they write her they drive like right. her abilities exactly. were, were, we're com- like that's what i'm saying is like how did that how did it take that long also i mean i don't know how long this but it's just that those were the things where i'm like afterwards i'm like this doesn't make any sense like i kept expecting you know them to like try to break out and then it's like there's helicopters everywhere or it turns out that they're in another bubble or you know like there's some other like you know, whatever. But no, it was like at no point when everything went to shit did anybody over at SX Corp go, should we send somebody out? The doctor seems like she might be in trouble. They had cameras. Yeah, exactly. So I watched it. I read the comics and I've had to resign myself to the fact that they are like, there's a few movies I've seen where I'm like, they're just trying to make this live action. And I just have to, ro- I have to roll with it. Um, it's kind of like how I feel about the Mandalorian. See, I, really I, I lost my Disney Plus subscription, so <laughs> I, haven't, uh, I haven't watched any of that. But you can go ahead and and talk about it a little bit if you want. Just try not to spoil too much. I always feel like I'm watching this guy's diary, like, and I only watch it because it's new. It's like new content. I don't really care. Dear like I'm diary. tired of Baby Yoda. This is the way. I don't care. <laughs> I, if there's Star Wars fans out there, I, I love the mythology, but I don't care about the details. Like, I, I really don't care. Like, So I, what are you watching for then? Do you feel because, like you need to? Yeah, it's like I, I'm obligated. I'm don't you hate that, though? Yeah. That's how do. I was with Game of Thrones the last season. Yeah. Where it's just like, I, I've invested so much in this. I mean, that I was just a specific series, but like in the Star Wars universe, yeah, I can't even imagine because like I like Star Wars, I do, but I am not like I haven't watched all the Stone uh, Clone Wars like cartoons. I haven't watched most of the stuff outside. I still haven't even watched Han Solo. Like you shouldn't. Oh, okay. It's just, a terrible movie. Yeah, I I mean I kind of it's god awful. They should have never made that crap. <laughs> but, and what was the last one? That, the last uh, the Rises. Yeah, Rise of the Jedi. Or yeah. that was garbage. It yeah. was a garbage movie. And I know there's Star Wars fans out there that if you hear this and you think I'm, I love sci-fi. I really do. I enjoy sci-fi. I, but the stories suck. You just didn't get what they were going for, Andre. No, it I, was right, it I was it. it was terrible. <laughs> like okay. it was like whoever wrote the script for the first movie got fired immediately afterwards and then they were like no just this is the story we want to tell 
And then they wrote the second script and they fired that person. And then they said, I said, this is the story. We And they're like, there's not enough. I don't care that there's not enough time. We have one movie. Make it happen. And yeah. then they held a gun to their head. And they just threw all this stuff in here. And that's, that's so, you know how- what it is. <laughs> What's that? And they had stormtroopers writing. So none of it hit. <laughs> <laughs> they missed on everything. <laughs> it missed everywhere. I'm like, I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't care. And that's how I feel about the Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I don't care. I, I really don't. Like, I'm only watching it because I, I'm invested in the whole story now. Yeah. I'm not really invested. I'm kind of like, can they screw this up to where people it just becomes like a shit show and people just move on? Like, and they're they're doing a good job of keeping people engaged. They're keeping the same people engaged that read all the books. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. It, I, I, like, I didn't read all the books. I don't care to because yeah. the incest. It's just I I don't care. Like, I don't care about Baby Yoda. Like See, I, and I, I, I like I look at what Marvel was able to do in terms of like maintaining a certain level of quality throughout the films as they built the universe and then delivered on the Infinity War saga and everything. Like the commitment to that quality, but the but think about the story arcs in the comics, and that's where I think Star Wars misses. Right, sure. Star Wars, you had fan theory that later became books where they felt compelled to yeah, you know, turn it into canon or some yeah. semblance of canon because they liked it so much or right comic books have been around for a long time and you have the you have that whole world built and you can actually deviate from it even incrementally and it doesn't mess up the whole storyline when i watch like these star wars spinoffs i'm like yeah but that guy totally lost like they lost pretty bad. How are they coming back from that? And stop trying to get me to believe they came back from that. Um, and that's where it, it always kind of, I don't get it. Like that's, that's how I felt like the difference between like the Marvel universe and the star Wars universe is night and day. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you don't even have the same creative minds, like trying to sketch out the rest of this world. And that's why, for me, it feels kind of you know disjointed when they try to you know force these things on my throat. Like, I well, really, it, I mean, uh, I think part of what happened is that everybody thought that 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 like cohesive mind, right, which is basically Kevin Feige at Marvel, was going to be George Lucas. That George Lucas was somehow going to oversee this project because he had done the first three movies and be able to deliver at an executive level what he delivered at a directorial level. And that's not, I mean. Well, don't forget, he also wrote Star Wars. Well, right. But I'm saying then he came back and did the first three. Right. And after that, everybody kind of went, wow, we hate you now. Like, (laughs) and then he did Indiana Jones and everybody went. Seriously, dude, just fuck off already. <laughs> like, what else do you... Are you going to redo? Or do you want another E.T. where he comes back and rapes the little kid? Like, is that what's going on now? Yeah. Well, it turns I, out it was I, a bad touch. <laughs> I think that the... I, I believe there... It's kind of like Star Trek, right? It's like... I get it. But Star Trek's another universe where they can actually... they. There was some foresight in the writing, right? A little bit, Star yeah. Wars, 
Yeah. Well, well, they they were out enough. enough to where they could actually build and even reboot it and it didn't suck as bad. Well, and I do think, you know, because it started as a TV series, right? And you get right. that episodic, like, but you have the larger arcing story pieces that are kind of built in as the stories go along. It almost lends itself more towards that. You know, like with Star Wars, yeah, where you're just kind of dropping in and saying, here's an entire, you know, like, belief system and all of these things that we have to get into if we to really want the story. Exactly. Yeah. And with Star Trek and, and, you know, some of those other things, it's like you don't have that because so much of that is already developed. And then when you get to the movies, you can have little bits that are like, hey, super fans, you're going to get right. this. But if you're not a super fan, it's not going to matter that you don't understand what that means. Like, and that's yeah. that was where I think with New Mutants, it lost me a little because not being a super fan of the mutant MCU, like, or comic, you know, verse, that I just was completely lost. I didn't have any backstory on it going into it and was just kind of like trying to absorb it all brand new and be like oh okay interesting these are characters cool this is an interesting setting this all doesn't seem legit oh <laughs> that's it but the who thing was essex corp again like, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> the thing with comics is that you for me is that even when it gets disjointed in the live action you don't care because you want to see it done that way. I think where Star Wars will continue to struggle is that, to your point, they started out as a movie and they built the world around those movies trying to fill in the gaps. Yeah, I think they will continue to struggle with that whole thing. And, and hopefully they stop making Star Wars movies because I really don't care. I will say the other thing that I think the comic books in particular for Marvel helps um, – is the fact that there are so many different eras and storylines that they can go back and say, like, I mean, even now, right, I think we talked about last week with Black Panther, like they're going to supposedly bring uh, Suri right. in and she's going to take over, which doesn't happen until much later in the comic, but it gives them an out almost, right? right. Like it gives them an option because they can go, Yes, we understand timing-wise this isn't where it's supposed to show up. But even throughout Infinity War and some of those other things, they tweak little things here and there because they don't want to introduce all of these characters or because, you know, whatever it is. Things that Game of Thrones failed so incredibly miserably at in translating from the book to that. And that's the other thing that I just think Marvel, again, I mean, it's hard to please comic book fans especially when it comes to doing movies. And I know that not everybody's always happy, but most yeah, of them are. Iron Man 2. Yeah. I, but see, even Iron Man 2, I will go back and watch. Oh, me too. It's because it's still fun. Like, it's Robert Downey Jr. and it's freaking Mickey Rourke. Like, And, yeah, then, the and then you get freaking, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Dan, Don Cheadle? No. Well, yeah, Don Cheadle. I mean, I love Don Cheadle. But the other guy that plays Hammer... Um, Oh, uh, gosh. Oh, it's killing me. It was also Mr. Mr. Wright. Um, gosh. I, Iron Man 2 cast. Uh, it's like right there on the tip of my tongue. 
Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant in that movie. Yeah, just just great. Uh, such a detestable character. <laughs> and I and I again I like I think that that's where even DC to when they do a, a good job the the comic movies and the, I know there's I know we don't want to go too long here but maybe we can pick this up next week but I think there's an a, a creative advantage for comics that there isn't for other mediums in in the sci-fi world. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if other mediums can like when you think about what's that crappy movie that's going to come out um <laughs> I'm not going I don't think I'm going to watch it until it comes out until the one with the big blue people what was that crap avatar avatar gosh that was a drain on my psyche watching that like i didn't get all the hype and when i watched it i was not impressed so um yeah i would love to pick this up next week because i think that there is a whole like (laughs) rabbit hole for sure we could probably do a whole episode just focusing on different mediums and then how they get translated into other mediums be it television or film and and we can talk about the realism of the whole fast and furious franchise i mean yeah uh, it's it is baked in realism that's yeah, if, the, if it weren't some, real i wouldn't watch it yeah and the physics there they get physics yeah they literally get fixed they got physics. the most physics person in the world the rock <laughs> <laughs> so we've definitely appreciate everybody hanging in <laughs> Thank you for listening. I can't Professor even Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad we got to talk because, like, again, another week goes by, things happen. I'm gl- I'm actually relieved we didn't talk about uh, the P word. Um, I tried, but then I caught myself, and so we we stopped. And I vo- I didn't even engage. Nope, um, you were right to do so. I, I needed I was... a break. Like, I really <laughs> yeah. needed a break because as much as I do love breaking these things down those things down with you on this podcast like it had just especially after because i just got done editing last week's episode i'll tell on myself um you'll know because there's these will hopefully come out right back to back um but yeah i was just listening to it i'm like i mean we did better than i thought we did i thought it was just politics the whole time we had a good little break in we started off technology we got into politics we went to business and did a good job of focusing on business without it getting into too deep into politics until the very end. So, um, but yeah, I think it, I was just, yeah, I was like so drained. I'm so drained on all of that, that I was like, I, I wrote in our notes politics and then please no LOL. So, yeah. And I, I, I'll be honest. Like I, I, um, I'm glad we did it because I kind of mentally need a break. I'll cry on my pillow later. Um, but I'm super glad that everybody listens. Uh, thank you very much. You can always find us at chrisandandreshow.com. Send us an email at thechrisandandreshow at gmail.com. At some point in 2021, I'll change that because I'm preoccupied with a side hustle and, and other things in life. But don't forget um, that this is the Chris and Andre show. The Chris and Andre show at gmail.com. You can always listen to us on Spotify. Uh, crap. Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, <sighs> Google Music. <laughs> I'm struggling. Tune in. Tune in. Pandora. Pandora. We're we're on the places. Uh, we 
appreciate everybody that listens to us across the globe. It's amazing. We love doing this and we will continue doing this because we always have so many things to talk about. And I will say this, not begging for feedback, but I would really love to get some feedback. Uh, we are going to be, I know I mentioned this a couple episodes back, but I'm going to take some of my developer skills and build a, start building the, uh, the, the foundations of a framework for a real platform to, so where we can actually create our own community. Fun fact, only political thing I want to talk about is the current president is losing Twitter followers at a slow rate, but I think it'll, it'll actually pick up exponentially over the next couple of weeks. And I think that that's one thing that any content creator, any, you know, musician or, or the like, should always be thinking about how do you create your own platform? It's very doable. It's very cost effective. We, uh, many people can do it and you're not beholden to, you know, platforms where you may not be invested in. Um, and what does that do in, in our, you know, on a societal level? And I think that's something that we as people, as a country and globally should be thinking about. We can create these things and do them in a, a pure and genuine way if we figure out the mechanics behind it. So we're going to keep this experiment going. Um, yeah. So we're glad you join us. As always, I'm Andre. And I am still Chris. And we'll talk to you next time. To try and save money, I stopped buying trash bags. I just ended up throwing them out anyways. <laughs>